Welcome to the Square Apple Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Yong Shin Ling. I'm the co-founder of Change Voyage Consulting. After 20 years of corporate life, I successfully transited to be an entrepreneur. Wearing multiple hats as an entrepreneur, adjunct lecturer, mother, wife, daughter, sister, has taught me how to navigate life's challenges. And my secret is the Square Apple. In this show, I will discuss tips and strategies to change the way you think about your personal and professional life. Because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ready to activate the square apple in you? Let's begin! Welcome to the Square Apple Show. I'm Shinning, and in this episode, I will be sharing with you what I've learned about personal motivations from the Gamcheon Culture Village. In an earlier episode, I discussed how I learned a few lessons on managing transformations from the Gamchon Culture Village Revitalization Program. Today, I will continue using the same case study to talk about some lessons that I've learned on personal motivation. These lessons will hopefully be applicable to you when you think about how you want to motivate your co-workers, bosses, subordinates, friends or family to embark on a change journey. So let's start with a quick recap of what the Gamchon Culture Village is all about. So Gamchon Village is a town in Korea, Busan. It is often touted as the Machu Picchu of Korea or the Santorini of Korea because the houses are built on a mountain slope overlooking the ocean. Back in the 1950s, there was a large influx of refugees from the Korean War and in order to get their houses up fast and cheap, they used a lot of makeshift materials to make their houses. And the city grew without much planning, including there's no sewerage, water piping system. And due to the poor living condition, the population stopped growing and started declining. Originally, in the 1980s, there was about 30,000 residents, but in 2010, uh, there were only 8,000 left. And those who were left were the poor, the old, and the marginalized people. And a lot of these houses were also left empty. And the place gradually became a ghetto. So the Busan government started a project in 2009 to revitalize the town. The success of the project can be seen from a few fronts. Firstly, on the economic front, the community has achieved economic sustainability from the jobs created by the tourist boom. According to the case study published on the Urban Sustainability Exchange, the project generated a revenue of 1.4 million and created 280 jobs. Secondly, the living condition has been significantly transformed into a cleaner and safer place to live with the changes in the sewage system, bathhouse, laundry facilities, wall maintenance, etc. Lastly, on the social front, it is now a much more vibrant community where residents have the opportunity to participate in many cultural and educational programs. The government didn't want a top-down approach to revitalizing the community. Instead, it wanted a more organic one that involved residents, artists and experts so that the spirit and the culture would be retained. But is this easier said than done? 
so I like the quote, we live life forward, but we explain it backwards. So from where we are standing right now, in 2019, everything looks picture perfect. But is it? I try to picture myself as a resident living in Gamchon Village in 2009. I'm poor and probably unemployed. And I'm not sure where my next meal is coming from. And the only roof that I have on top of my head is probably leaking when it rains. I hear the government talk about revitalization and asking for residents' involvement in the project. I know that it's good for the village, but I have my own problems to deal with. The ideals of revitalization and reviving the community is too fluffy for me. Lah. I don't think I want to have anything to do with the project unless they can show me in tangible form what can this project do for me before they expect me to budge. If you are trying to get someone to change whether in your organisation or in your social circle, you may find this behaviour familiar. If you do, listen on. So, I don't have all the details of what the Busan government did to mobilise the residents, but the strategies that they use can be explained by some elements of the Mars model. In an earlier episode, I've explained that the Mars model is a framework that comprises of four factors that drive behaviour and performance. M stands for motivation, A for ability, R for role identity, and S for situational factors. Not all of the factors are applicable in all scenarios. In this case study, I will focus on the role of M and R in effective personal transformation. According to the Mars model, in order to know what lever to use to motivate a person to embark on a change, you first need to understand what motivates that person. There are many motivation theories out there, the most famous being Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Other theories include McClellan Learn Needs Theory and the Four Drive Theory. Despite the differences in these labels, there are similarities across these models. The first group of them is around the need to protect or defend. This corresponds to Maslow's safety and physiological needs. The second is the need to know and understand. And the third is the need to belong and bond with people. Lastly, it is the need to achieve self-actualization. I've provided some references in the show notes, so if anyone is interested in knowing more details of the motivation theories, check that out. So the Busan government realised that they needed to address the most basic survival needs for the residents before they would be motivated to participate in the project. As a result, the first thing they did was to improve the basic amenities and physical environment of the village. This measure not only tangibly satisfied their safety and physiological needs, I believe it served to build trust in what the project can deliver to them. The second thing to note about motivating the individual is progress. Research has shown that nothing is more motivating than progress. 
again, putting myself in the shoes of the resident that would keep me hooked onto the project after my pressing survival needs are fulfilled. What would that be? Assuming that the government took a more traditional approach and took a big bang approach to only launch the change after three to four years, I would imagine whatever enthusiasm of the residents would have long waned. However, if there were constant success from various projects, that would have definitely fueled the drive to participate and contribute to the project. Another interesting thought that I've, I have that is triggered by this case study is that who you think you are will motivate you differently and drive you to take different actions. In the beginning, when the town was still very much in a bad shape and if I lived in that village, I would have a very negative self-image of myself partly due to my association with, association with the town. So if my colleagues were to ask me where I was staying, I most likely would not want to tell them because I would view it as something very shameful. However, one day, the village won an award for, say, the most artistic community in Busan for the artwork that the community, including what I had contributed, although it may be something very small, like maybe painting a small tile. How would I feel? And what action would that propel me to take? Of course, I will feel very proud that I'm associated with the honour and I would even be prouder to say that I was part of the initiative. So from a person who doesn't want people to know where I'm staying, I may become an active advocate to invite visitors to come and visit the beautiful place that I live in. I would definitely be more enthusiastic in participating in the revitalization program. So herein lies the wisdom of the Busan government. After the basic needs of the residents were met, the village gradually turned itself into a tourism destination by hosting a variety of cultural events such as village cultural, village environmental design competition, gallery exhibition, and alley festival, as well as installation art. By showcasing of a different identity of Gamcheon, it changes how the residents perceive themselves and in turn, change their action and behaviour. So that's R for role perception. So let's come to A for ability, the ability to sustain the change. So, okay, now my basic needs are met and I'm motivated to play a part in changing the environment that I live in. But I can't just live on enthusiasm alone, right? I probably need some skills and knowledge to be able to continue serving the community and also to capitalise on the supply of jobs that is generated through the programme. So, the government created a village school, urban regeneration academy and cultural programmes to ensure that the villagers have access to educational programmes that would equip them to continue sustaining the development of the village independently. Last but not least, we have the situ situational factors, which is the S in the mass model. So let's take stock now. 
my physical environment has improved because I can feel it every day in the place that I live in. I participate in one of the six projects in the revitalization program because I want to contribute to my community in my own way. I have got a tour guide license to conduct tours of the Gamcheon Culture Village in English to the many tourists that come every day, rain or shine, to queue up and take photos with the little prince and the fox. So what's next? In the original model, S stands for situational factors that either encourage or impede the change. So for example, if you want to go on a diet program to lose weight, or could be gain weight also, lah, but your entire family love to snack, and wherever you go in the house, there are packets of potato chips, pocky, cowby, prawn crackers, and your siblings always chew you to come for supper at night. So these are situational factors that impede your weight loss. So they are barriers to your weight loss. So to help me take action on what needs to be done to change behavior, I usually reframe as to be the things that I can do or change in the environment to encourage the change. So in this case, the Busan government, in collaboration with the university, has put in place a set of metrics that they can continue to monitor to ascertain what aspects of the program needs to be improved. So if you include, so it includes number of residents, reduction of empty houses, village community, number of active residents, number of jobs created, floating population, number of visitors, etc. So what you do, if it's being measured, then these will drive more targeted actions to enhance the change. So today we have looked at another application of the mass model, which is a simple way to guide our thinking on how to effect behaviour change in our work or social setting. What factor or which factor you, you use really depends on the context of change. So how will you start using the mass model to think about managing resistance and facilitating behavioural change? It can be for other people, but it can also be changing your own behaviour. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or thoughts on this episode, please connect with me on LinkedIn at bit.ly forward slash square apple. That's bit.ly forward slash s-q-u-a-r-e-a-p-p-l-e. Thank you and see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very honoured to have you here. If you would like to keep going and want to know more about the number one Southeast Asia's leading female entrepreneurship network, head over to Soul Rich Woman at S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com and download the free ebook on how to get clients and multiply your income through personal branding. Remember, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Do subscribe to The Square Apple Show and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.